I want to talk about Cyber Monday, but before I talk about uh, Cyber Monday, I ate too much food just now. Oh, like, just now? Just now I ate too much food. Mm. I thought that happened on Thursday too. I had a belly. I have a belly full of Thanksgiving food, but here's where I really screwed up. Okay, this is where I really screwed up. We're recording this Saturday afternoon. I have to go eat more food in three hours because I have a Friendsgiving that I need to attend. Mm. I am burping and farting out of both ends simultaneously oh, right now. And I don't know. This is right now is a Herculean effort for me to get through this podcast. I don't know how I'm go- about to do a Friendsgiving. Well, first of all, I don't want to hear about the burping. And the well, other. you won't hear it. You might smell it, but you definitely <laughs> won't hear it. Whew. Stop that. That is Whew. ridiculous. Stop that. So now it just wh- looks so good. Why did you do that? You're, it, you're an idiot. Here's the thing. I believe, as yeah. I said in, in our Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter posts, I don't know that we do it better than anybody else, but we do it damn well as it relates to our Thanksgiving. So I had a little bit of a nosh this morning, just a little nosh, just to tide mm-hmm. me over. Just a little this, that. Didn't want to take up all of the room in the belly. You didn't have, on your nosh, you didn't have everything. I didn't have anything. I had a strata, which is breakfast casserole. Yeah. I had one of those runner's muffins, and then I had half of a pear. Perfect. Beautiful. Oh my Love gosh. It. That's healthy, Kev. Saved so much room for a full plate. Here's mm-hmm. the problem. Scarcity complex. Yeah. I think to myself... My mom and my waif of a girlfriend are somehow going to eat so much of the leftovers that I need to have my own portion plus a half. And you know mm-hmm. when you your body's like, oh, you should be done? Mm-hmm. And then you're like, but there's a whole plate of food left? Yeah. Got to do it. So greed. Gluttony. Gluttony and greed, I think. Greed for for the because portion you didn't size. Want us to have it. Gluttony for pushing through. Well, I mean, we do know that she can pack it away, but not every day. But not really. Not really. I mean, on a special occasion. Right. Well, not pack it away like we pack it away. But not pack it away like any normal human. <laughs> pack packs it, it away like a bird packs like it if, away. Yeah. If you were to put her as yeah. a human being yeah. on the same scale as a bird and a chipmunk, packs yeah. it away. Packs it away. Related <laughs> to her own species, or not even a little if bit. If we were to say a chipmunk and us, yeah. then she's a chipmunk. No. She would be a tadpole if you related her to us. <laughs> okay. As a chipmunk, she's really nothing more than just a squirrel. <laughs> just a squirrel. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm just I'm prefacing this by saying I'm I'm uh, I'm podcasting injured, yes. self inflicted. Yeah, this belly rotund and tight. Okay, tell me this. Uh huh. In how many hours are you going? Three. Okay, in three hours you're going. I'm already breaking out into a sweat thinking about it. What are What are you taking? Stuffing. Okay, <laughs> don't eat that. No. But you have to eat their food. Here's what I think: it's a big enough group. I think it's like twelve people going. You can just kind of sample throughout the day. Nobody's going to look at me. Oh, and you guys like, don't think you'll sit down? No. Are you sure? Because we didn't do that last year. Are you Because sure? it's also a Christmas-themed murder mystery. Ah, so I don't know okay. that we have enough time to actually sit. Okay. I think it's sporadic eating and then solving murders. So you could go over, and I'm just using this for an example, mm-hmm. get a little mashed potato and a little gravy, yep. eat that. Throw it in the trash can. <laughs> throw it in the trash mm-hmm. can. Then you could go get your friends listen to this. You're I could go take some turkey and go, cop, 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 but not really eat it, throw it in the trash. Can. Off the side of your head, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Well, first of all, 
I think these friends might listen. Well, so fortunately, I they'll only you... hear it on Monday. <laughs> All right. Acknowledging that. Black Friday behind us. Honestly, yeah. if you're a Black Friday person, don't listen to this podcast. Well, if you're a Black Friday person, I'm fine if you do it all on the internet. Just, I mean, do you rush out after Thanksgiving? If you're a Black Friday person, honestly, I don't want to be your friend. What? Yeah, I'm Kevin, good on this that. This is like the starting out, like kind of a. Yeah, I'm just I letting mean, people know where I stand. I just want to say that you're. If you're a Black Friday person, a cloud for me. You can go find another podcast. Cloud. And there's a lot of podcasts for you to choose, <laughs> just not this one. But I look forward to Cyber Monday. You know mm, why? Why? I don't have to leave the house. Yeah. I'm a big proponent of ordering everything online, sampling it, trying it, putting it in a box, putting it in that mailbox, never seeing it again. Plus, I think you get more bang for your buck as it relates to Cyber Monday than you do Black Friday. I think there was an article written no more than like two or three years ago about like the 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 idea of Black Friday mm-hmm. with the actual execution of Black Friday. And it was something like the biggest deal one year was plain white towels from Walmart. Well, I don't think, I mean, from what I've seen of Black Friday, now listen, I've got to say this honestly. Mm, don't say it I'm gonna dishonestly. Buy, I'm going to buy what I'm going to buy. I, I don't care. Like if TVs are the things this year, if I don't need a TV, I don't care. True. Right. So you're not you're not one of those coupon girls who's just cutting coupons and then going and buying ten thousand items that you'll never use. No, no, no. I mean, a coupon is only good if I want it. Correct. That's that. That's how it works. Agreed. So I don't. I've seen stuff that I want. I just want to say this: where mm-hmm. they've said like twenty five percent off Black Friday. Yeah. Then I feel like they go forty percent off Cyber Monday. Yeah. Then I feel like a week before Christmas. They go 65% off. Yeah. Enjoy day after Christmas sale now. Here's here's what I think I found. I think they dine on the idea that you think it's a good deal, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. But then I have found with brands that I shop, you get a better deal on an innocuous December Wednesday than you would have gotten on Black Friday. Yeah. And even theoretically on Cyber Monday, because it's just a volume plate. They've, they've just incepted us enough to believe that they're screaming deals. And what they do is they kind of mark up the price to drop it even lower, only they're, they just marked it up to arbitrarily drop it down to where they would have normally been selling it anyways. Well, also, don't forget this. There are, we are still, we should still be the beneficiaries of many, many containers mm-hmm. still being opened up. Now, listen. A bunch of them were full of food. There's nothing we can do. Those are rotten. They're cleaning it out. That's done. See you, bye. But all the clothes and handbags and shoes and electronics are not rotten. Those don't spoil. And so what they're doing is they're not going to say, hey, we have a glut of stuff sitting in LA. Mm -hmm. Like we'd like to give it to you now. They're not going to say that. They're going to go, this thing was $500. We're going to mark it at half because here's really the truth. If they sell it all, even at a much reduced price, They'll probably do just fine. I agree. So here's some deals. This we're obviously recording this on Saturday. This will come out on Monday. So depending on when you listen to this, you'll have at least an, a better understanding of where some good deals might be. Okay. Let's go to our benevolent Everlord. Everlord? Everlord? Overlord. Overlord. Jeff Bezos and Amazon. Mm-hmm. Okay. Here are some deals that you can get from Amazon. 70% off on select Alexa-enabled devices, including Echo and Fire TV. I might buy an extra one of those. I'm telling you, those are, I feel like you get really good deals because they, they, they themselves make them at volume. And so they don't even really care. I think the, the year that I switched, um, dad and I are nightstands mm-hmm. and I got Alexis with the clock. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, I think I got them for $29 or $39. Yeah, might be able to and get them for the same price. I was so happy to get rid of normal alarm clocks. Yeah. I mean, that was the greatest thing ever. And now Jeffy can hear you sleep. Yeah, now he can hear me sleep, and now he can hear me say, I like that. I like that. So maybe I'm going to get it, I don't know, more expensive? 60% off on select Ring and Blink home security devices. Mm. 50% off of, I didn't even know they sold this, Gap apparel and accessories through Amazon. 45% off of Black & Decker tools. We don't need that. Trust no, us. No, trust us. We don't need 40% that. 40% off of select headphones, earbuds, and speakers from Bose, Sony, and JBL. Mm. 30% off on select ac- uh, accessories from Anchor. And 30% off on select American Girl dolls and accessories, mm. Legos, and Bluey toys. What's yeah. a Bluey toy? Bluey? I don't know. And we don't, we're not, we're in the tween place. Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, I hope to never buy that stuff again. I know it sounds like I don't want a grandchild. I do, yeah. but I still hope to never buy that stuff again. Here are deals that I hate. I don't like contingency deals. Apple has a bunch of contingency deals. Okay, tell me. You get a $50 Apple gift card when you buy an iPhone. That's like 5%. So I have an Apple thing I have to buy. Okay. If I buy my thing first, which mm-hmm. is for me, so it's no big deal. Yeah. If I buy the Apple thing and I get the $50 thing, mm-hmm. then I know how to get you a 10% discount and then I'll give you the $50 thing. See, now that works. Now that works. So now, people have to be smarter than the gimmick. Now, if your thing is AirPods, you get a $75 discount or $75 gift card. What if my thing is like a big AirPad? AirPad? I mean, iPad. If you have, uh, if you're going to buy an iPad, you get $50 gift certificate. AirPods get you more than an iPad? Looks that way. No, do you know what the game they're playing there? What are they playing? Is Buy the, both. It, well, it's affordable, mm-hmm. number one, compared to the iPad. Yeah. It's affordable. And that they just think they can sell tons of them. Agreed. And then you've got the $75 card. Go buy the And iPad now you've got to come back in. Yeah. yeah, that's ridiculous. If you buy a MacBook, how about this one? If you buy a MacBook, $250 Apple gift card. iPad? Like a big iPad? Only gets you 50 That is so wrong. MacBook gets you 250 But how much do I pay for the MacBook? Do you know? About $1,800. Yeah. What I'm do telling I, you. What do I pay for an iPad? Maybe nine. Oh, that much? I don't know. Okay. But I would say it's about, because it also depends on the amount of gigabytes that you have on that. Yeah. So I think you can go pretty high yeah. on everything. But I think MacBook's 1800 bucks, and I think um, iPad can get you close to like 900 bucks. Okay. How about, let's go to Target. Okay. You like Target, I like Target. Everybody I haven't been seems in a Target, Target in a thousand years. Buy two, get one free on select board games. Okay. I like board games. I feel like we have all the board games we need though, don't you? If you had a kid, well, we have three. We have Scrabble. We have Monopoly. We have. Where's Monopoly? I think Monopoly is here somewhere. We got two versions of Ticket to Ride. We've got two versions of Ticket to Ride. And We've Settlers got that other Kattir. one. Cavet, Cavat, Canon, Catan. Catan, whatever it's mm-hmm. called. We've got that. What else do we have? We've got Apples, the Apple game. That's not a board game. What is That's it? It's a card game. Okay. Um, what's by you? We've got Chess and Checkers. Look down. Chess and Checkers? <laughs> Come on. What are we talking those, about here? When do you want to go play pickup sticks? Support, you want to go I play love, some marbles? Oh my God. I love pickup sticks. I'll play you in some pogs. Okay. Uh, 50% off of kids clothes. Nobody in this house nope. needs to worry about that. 30% off of matching family sleepwear. That could be fun. That would be fun. 40% Weird. off of bedding and bath. Uh, $200 off a of Roku TV down to 150 Beat Studio Wireless Headphones for $149. That's $200 off. Wow. Screaming deal. 
and $50 off plus a $50 gift card when you buy an Xbox Series console. Deb, I know you're a gamer, big gamer gal. I don't care about any of that. I've got okay. two. I've got, um, well, I've got dad's old AirPods now got that it. I'm really happy with because mm-hmm. he hardly ever wore them. And they work. And, and they're the kind that you like. They're the gen that you like. I know. I don't like the new model. No, I like you the old it. model. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how about Walmart? Walmart, and then we'll call this good okay. so I can go to a big burp. Best vacuum deals. Shark Vertex cordless stick vacuum with duo clean power fins. Save 150 bucks. It's only $200. Wow. How about a Eufy Robo Vac LR20? Mm. Save $110 down to $199. Mm. Here's where I think, this is what I don't really ultimately understand. I don't even know technology. I've never bought TVs, vacuums. Mm-hmm. I don't know if any of these are actually good prices. Yep. A 50-inch QLED 4K TV. I don't even know what that means. It's 50 inches. It's okay. big. Uh, no, 50 inches I get. Yeah. I don't know what, I used to knew what, know what LED means. Yeah. I don't know what Q, what was it? I think that's the brand name. Oh, okay. Oh, no, maybe that's the type of TV, but it's an ONN. I don't even know what ONN is. You save 100 bucks down to 288 Here about a Sony. We all know what Sony is. 65-inch A8OJ Class Bravia XR OLED 4K TV. I made up some of those words. Save $700. Still it must co- be expensive. Still cost you $1,300. Yeah. I mean, I'm telling you, I know we have old TVs in this house, but yeah. I don't even care. How about this one? 75-inch Sony X95J Class X95J Bravia XR Full Array 4K TV. Say that three times fast. Save 300 bucks down to $1,300. Okay. That's a huge television. 75 well, I'm inches? I'm telling you, you have to have, we don't have a giant house. No. I 75 mean, inches. We'd have to go stand in the back bedroom. You'd have to hang it on the it. outside of the house. Yeah. Uh, here, what else is this? You can get a, a dog DNA testing kit but we for know $65. What we have. Well, I mean, if there's people out there who have a mutt, okay. Our, ours not everybody are not can mutts. afford beer breeds but, like I mean, the Zeners. Part of the, part of the thing with the mutt uh-huh. is like guessing what it is and just believing it Yep. and naming it and calling it and wanting to believe it just like Santa. Yeah. I mean, what if you think like, what if you're saying something like, I know he's half golden retriever mm-hmm. and half cocker spaniel yep. and you love both of those dogs. Yeah. And then you find out it's a German shepherd and a Sharpe, mm-hmm. you know, and that you didn't want it to be a German you, shepherd. You put it down, Sharpay. probably. I, you know what I just heard? Why I said Sharpe? Kill that dog. You know why I just heard Sharpe? Said why? Sharpay? Because they went to all these vets' offices uh-huh. and said, after all these years of being a vet, you know, what is the one dog you would never own? Really? A Sharpe? Consistently, they all said Sharpe. Interesting. Yep. A couple more things. A Keurig K compact single serve K cup pod coffee maker. Why? Why would we get sued? I just say bad things and I'm worried. About a, a breed of dog? What, is I'm, Big Sharpay going to come sue us? I don't know, but Sharpays are darling. They may, I, Vets have reasons for not liking them. If the, the, I, Here's what I'll darling. tell you. I'll tell you this right now. If this podcast ends <laughs> because a certain owner of dog breeds yeah. has, the, has the effort, <laughs> the authority... The pull to shut down a podcast yeah. that in no way carries any weight <laughs> anywhere in the world. I give them kudos and I tip my hat to them and I said, good on you. Wait, you just, our last podcast, I believe yeah. you talked about how influential we were. Well, they don't know that. Oh, okay. All right. As far as the sharp pay owners of the as world. Now, we, the global, we only talked to 10 people. The global thing. Right. They don't know about our millions of dollars. Okay. Uh, that coffee maker, $49. Half right. off. Uh, toast air dual function air fryer and toaster oven, 99 bucks. Oh, I think that's a good deal if it's good. Uh, fitness 
Echelon Connect Sport S indoor cycling exercise bike because nobody uses Peloton anymore. Is that true? I think they've like, similar to every tech business right now, they're firing like half of their staff. They're in the red. It's not good. So all you have is a bike. Yeah. You save $400. This thing only costs you $400 and you get a 30-day free membership. And if you want a Chefman Electric 5-in-1 indoor air fryer and grill, that thing only costs you 50 bucks. But here's the biggest savings. Okay. Go to Amazon. Yeah. Type in Deb and Kev Pod. Yeah. Saves you 75% on the entire website. (laughs) (laughs) Let's start the podcast. Welcome to the Deb and Kev podcast. One is a Harvard Business School alum. The other is her son. Discussing business, pop culture, family, and everything in between. Now, here are your hosts, Deb and Kev. Hey, hi, hello, and welcome to the Deb and Kev podcast. Sitting right there is the woman who quite literally roasted a perfect turkey, Without even knowing it, it's my mom, Deb. I'm Deb. And I'm the guy that got bored halfway through Thanksgiving and started making everyone drink. I'm her son, Kev, (laughs) and this is our podcast. On today's show, always timely with her topics in her business segment today, Deb will discuss when an employee opens up about their mental health, what you should do. We have three brand new questions for Dear Debbie. And just like being two and a half minutes into the 2004 claymation movie polar express we'll end this podcast by telling you what's for dinner and what we're thankful for but first deb yeah it was our first major holiday yep sans dad yeah how did we do um i think we did pretty well yes i only had one moment and for it was, like and seconds I'll, I'll say this warranted moment and it didn't even come from anything that happened within these four walls. Yeah. But it was a warranted moment. It was a kind gesture. If you think you can get through it, go ahead and say it. If you don't think you can, I can do I it. I think you should tell it. So we have friends down in LA. Yep, Scott and Derek. And they sent you a text message that said they lit four candles right down the middle of their Thanksgiving table for four people who rep- for for four individuals who had passed away or people in their lives who were meaningful. So people like us who were in their lives had somebody pass away. There was four of them in total, and they lit four candles on their Thanksgiving table. Me just saying it <laughs> has her crying. An insanely sweet gesture. Oh, so sweet. Over the top kind. That's why Deb couldn't even make, couldn't even talk about it because it was so generous. I'll say this, she's crying now longer than she did actually yesterday. But There was a lot of people who reached out, a lot of people who expressed love and who were checking in on us. And other than that isolated two-minute moment, I think we all were perfectly fine. I think there was more laughter than there was sadness by a mile. I think it was very well welcomed and needed to have a third person in this house in the form of my girlfriend. Um, and And the thing that also helped was if people remember, it was this time last year, actually Thanksgiving Eve, that we ran my dad to the ER and they admitted him into the hospital where he was there for a week. So we kind of loosely had a uh, a dry run, a trial run of a Thanksgiving without him. So this one didn't feel horrible. No, this felt, um, I mean, this one didn't catch us off guard. No. We've had a little bit of time now. And um, it did help absolutely 100% having a third person. Yep. Though I do think if we're going to have people over, we're going to have to up our game in, in the entertainment value. So here's, here's, our, here's where we're deficient. Yeah. 
we we were wholly deficient with this. We don't have traditions. There is nothing traditional about what we do besides the food that we make. And that is done the day before. The only thing left to do is actually execute the meal. Yeah. Everything was already in the trays that it would be stored in. All Deb had to do was put the majority of that in the oven. The turkey itself, we kind of almost forgot about until the day of. And I'll tell you this, Deb shoved butter into it, lemons up inside it with some garlic, covered it, roasted it, took it off for the final hour. We basted it. No joke. No brine, no deep frying, no spatchcock, <laughs> no rub. One of the best turkeys I've ever had because it was moist without being wet. It was so, I was really, when you say we forgot about the turkey, yeah. we, so what Gary used to always, I mean, Gary was in charge of the turkey. Mm-hmm. And so what he would do is you'd get a frozen turkey a few days ahead because they're all frozen pretty much now. Yep. I know some of you live someplace where there are fresh turkeys, yeah. but the, the majority of us are buying frozen. We don't have a turkey plug. And so... What he would do is he would put it in the cooler in the garage, freezing cold in the garage this time of year, but it would just slowly thaw and come to temperature. But he would watch it. He would check it. Okay, so that's what you're supposed to do so you don't get salmonella and die. Sure. We put it in the cooler, and then we opened the cooler up yesterday. Yep. I mean, anything could have happened. It was thawed. Yeah. You know, it didn't explode. Nothing weird happened. Nope. I just thought, let's like just cook it a little extra just in case. Yep. Um, washed it really well. Literally. All I did was put tons of butter between the skin and the meat, outside butter, gobs of salt and pepper. And because this is all I had, lemons and fresh garlic. And these were not fresh lemons. These were not fresh lemons. They did have juice in them, but they were not. You could throw them against the wall and the wall would have taken the brunt. (laughs) And we shoved them in there, covered it up. And the butterball people say, don't cover it up. But I'm telling you, I don't go by that. Covered it up. And... um. It was one of the best tasting turkeys I've ever had in my life. Absolutely delicious. Yeah. It was, I, again, we do the meals of Thanksgiving exceptionally well. I don't think anybody who darkened our door on a Thanksgiving would have any questions about how good the food is. Yeah. It's everything in between. We don't know what to do. We don't do anything. So Deb comes down. She's a little late. Hilarious story. It's nine <laughs> o'clock on Thanksgiving Eve. Deb is in the kitchen. We're all doing our part. Deb's in the kitchen. My girlfriend says, you know what sounds good right now? It's 8.30 o'clock at night. 8.30. My girlfriend, who doesn't drink soda, says, oh, doesn't a Diet Coke sound good? And Deb goes, a Diet Coke does sound good. And you go- The crack addict in me came out. You tell her, go down to 7-Eleven, grab us a Diet Coke. And she's like, Kevin, do you want one? I said, no, it's 8.30. We're going to start drinking these at nine o'clock. Are you too insane? Mm-hmm. Miss me with that. Yeah. She goes down. She comes back. You two start drinking Diet Coke. Like there's <laughs> 1980s and it's noon on a Sunday, right? Deb comes down the next morning, which is Thanksgiving. Yeah. She goes, oh my gosh, I didn't fall asleep until 2 a.m. I'm exhausted. I go, no kidding. You were drinking Diet Coke at nine o'clock at night. And you're like, oh my God, I totally forgot I drank Diet Coke. I mean, what was it that kept me up cooking until midnight, right? Diet I Coke mean, Diet Coke. And amphetamines. Sure. Yeah, for sure. 
Deb stayed up so late, one of the dogs put themselves to bed. <laughs> it's true. Nola was like, oh, this is just too late for yeah. me. And she went in her little room and went to bed. So we, we got a later start because Deb yeah. got a late start because she was fueled by caffeine, stayed up till 2 a.m. And then it was a crash. You know, this stuff is not good for us people. I no. just want to say that. Nobody in this, nobody listening to this, nobody's <laughs> yeah. ever consumed. It's like, you know, it's really good for you. Carbonated sugar with addiction in it. And, and everybody remember this. It's not allowed to be carried in the house like in a bottle or can form. You can bring it. You can go get it and bring yeah. it. But so we, we're not we're not drinking Diet Coke here all the time. It's I, like a super treat. I'm definitely not. Yeah, well. The estrogen in the house is. Yeah. So, so the day got started a little later than anticipated. We were supposed to eat at 9.30. We ate at 11, breakfast. Beautiful strata. Beautiful runner's muffins. Thank beautiful you, Kevin. Beautiful pair. Sounds similar to what I had this morning. And then there's just like five hours to kill. Yeah. Deb obviously prepped the turkey. And we all just sat there <laughs> on our phones. Well, you two started betting on football games. I, my okay, girlfriend had never bet before. Ridiculous. So she was jonesing. Yeah, jonesing she was. Jonesing to watch some football. Well, between her Diet Coke hangover, yeah. let's call it that, right? I mean, that's probably why you got the best of her yesterday. Because you said, you made a suggestion, hey. You just had Diet Coke last night. Mm -hmm. Let's bet today. No, no, no. She was all in on betting. She'd never bet before. Okay. She wanted to ride that high. (laughs) And she did awesome. She went four and one on her bets, which is just like people would pay for that type of action. So I was so bored. I just looked around. I said, well, we have cranberry (laughs) juice. We have vodka. I'm going to go out and get some triple seconds, some limes. Made a beautiful Cosmo. Thoroughly and everybody thoroughly enjoyed it. Which almost put us to bed in the middle Deb of the day. almost zonked out <laughs> yeah. immediately. My exactly. girlfriend got a little giggly, which means she felt the effects of it. And I'm oh just kind of like, well, this is like the first ever Thanksgiving we drank. Yeah. Then we start getting ready and all the food starts coming out and we start plating. We start dishing up. We eat. It's delicious. It's delectable. And then we're like, well, I, it's like five. Maybe we should go watch a movie. And yeah. now this is where, and then this is where the bad part starts. We say we don't, we don't have any traditions on Thanksgiving. Yeah. We say to my girlfriend, "What do you want to do?" She's like, "Well, can we watch a movie?" We said, "Sure." First movie she mm. suggests is 2004's Polar Express. Yeah, the animation about the lovely book turned into we love a cassette the book. turned into a yeah. CD. The Polar Express. We love we love the book. We love the cassette. We love the bell. We have the whole set. I'm not kidding you. 20 seconds into this Deb goes oh god what is this one of these claymation movies this is horrible they all look at his ears that is, what is this we are two minutes into this and I go should we turn it off and you're like god yes this is my one thing my girlfriend brings to the table. Oh and God. we stripped it bare and made you it walk with, through the town you square. You were with me on it. I was trying to I was trying to do right by her. So then she says, Don't even worry about that. I got another movie. And we're like, yeah. Oh, okay, great. She goes, Christmas with the cranks. And I'm like, what? Really? Well, what, Turn, turns you, out we, we didn't even know it. No. Turns out both of these movies aired in 2004. Yeah. Which apparently was a horrible year for movies. <laughs> We watched Christmas with oh, the Cranks. She kept saying, here comes it gets the better. Good when somebody says in watching yeah. a movie, don't worry, it's going to get better. Yeah. It's That's never getting true. better. It's, it's never true. going to get better. Yeah. This was the dumbest movie I've ever watched. It was horrible writing. Oh. It was horrible acting. The premise made no sense at all. Yeah. All these people wanted to do was go on a vacation. It was the opposite of what is right in the world. Yeah. 
all these people did, they saved up their money. They weren't about consumerism. They weren't about exploiting a holiday. They wanted to take some personal time to go on a cruise and the Nazi neighbors around (sighs) them bullied them to the likes of which would end up on CNN today only for their selfish daughter to come home. Who, by the way, is 23. Who's bringing home some new... Fiance boyfriend, spoiler alert if you haven't watched Christmas with the Peruvian. Cranks, then they then have to somehow, the family yeah. has to get on all fours to uh, ask the neighborhood who has been nothing but malicious to them <laughs> to help prep the house. Then all of a sudden we have a bunch of side stories happening with cops and robbers and people stuck on roofs. And then, uh, then they just interject Santa into it. And Santa doesn't drive a sleigh. He drives a VW bug. Well, and here's the weird part. It's like, there was supposed to be like a moral, but the no moral, moral didn't make any sense. The moral was, hey, we're not going on the cruise anymore. We're going to give it to the sick wife across who's the street. Who's going to die before the next Christmas. But who's probably going to die on the cruise. But then the husband said, the husband who should be grateful, yeah. says to the guy that gave him the cruise, yeah. hey, I still don't like you. Yeah. And I'm still going to give you a hard time. Yeah. Ho, ho, ho. I mean, yeah. what the hell? F you, Walter. <laughs> yeah. This was so. It was the worst movie I've ever watched in my entire life. So then I look at your girlfriend. Yeah. I look at her like, really? Mm-hmm. And she goes, well, I mean, I'm trying to think. She was eight years old the last time she watched it. Yeah. So here's the No, truth. not the last time she watched it. She was eight years old the first time she saw it. Well, she's not having good recollections. But here's the truth of it. What's that? She didn't have anything to bring to the table either. No. I mean, from, listen, from a tradition standpoint, yeah, from a tradition yeah. standpoint, we, I am not those, those two, those two movies are not going bad on a TV in my house ever again. Okay. I don't care how much we would have drank. So those we, movies would have been bad. We were like the three most boring people in the world. The only thing that tipped me over the scales, both literally and figuratively was <laughs> I didn't need that last slice of pie. Yeah. I was totally fine yeah. up until the coconut banana cream pie. Yeah. I ate that. I did not feel good. Yeah. Between the movie and the pie, <laughs> your boy was not feeling yeah, great. No, I get it. I get it. No, but, I totally get it. So we need to figure out what to do because it can't be anything addiction related like drinking and gambling. Yeah. What to do between those large stretches of time because the way we do Thanksgiving, there's no stress during the, the, during the day. So there's no anxiety. We, we need to j- fill the time. Yeah. So the, while the rest of you are frantically cooking, we're not. It's all yeah. been done. And so, I mean, it hasn't been cooked, but it's in the dishes that it's going to be cooked in. Yeah. So we only do two meals on Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. And of course, you're free after Thanksgiving to graze on anything you like. But it's that time in between, let's call it kind of breakfast, brunch, mm-hmm. and dinner, lunch, dinner, whatever that's called. It's that time that we don't know what to do with. So I know a lot of you are saying it's just good enough if a football game is on. If that's what you do, would you let us know? Sure. But then I don't recommend gambling on all the games, one yeah. right after the other. I mean, if you play games- Unless you're winning, then keep gambling. Yeah. If you play games, that's good. Here's one of the things, like years ago, I quit doing this. And I think the women of the or whoever does the cooking, I'm going to mm-hmm. say, will appreciate this. I used to lay out a whole spread, have people come over early, have tons of hors d'oeuvres, appetizers, good things. And then I felt by the time we got to the table, Nobody people ate. weren't really hungry, hungry. Yeah. I, had a, I have a buddy who said the exact same thing on our text thread. He goes, every year we go to a family's house. Every year I overindulge on the appetizers. Yeah. Then it comes time to eat the meal. I don't eat nearly enough and we're home by seven and I'm starving and i want more every year like clockwork and he goes i don't have any leftovers because we didn't 
cook anything, right? Which is also a thing, which I said that we did that one year too. And daddy said after that, like, okay, you don't have to cook the whole thing, but you got to cook some of the stuff if we're going somewhere else. But I do, I want to know, like, what do you do? Now, it is cold here. Keep that in mind. Mm -hmm. If you're in balmy Florida and you want to go out and play touch football and you have 15 kids, that's great. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's not our situation. Our situation is it's cold. It's cold. We're not going out. It's not super friendly outside. Yeah. Hanging out at the grocery store seems to be the it place for people who don't have families. Well, you went to get the triple sec, which mm-hmm. shocked me. And I mean, shocked me that you went out because you're pretty brazen about not leaving the house. That's that how day. bored I was. Okay. <laughs> and you said the grocery store was packed. Hopping. Oh my God. People that's high terrible. five and giving each other what? hugs. Just a real romantic oh, place to be on Thanksgiving. That's terrible. Terrible. I saw that one lady who lives up the street who always walks just yeah. sitting out in front by herself. Sitting out in front of Rayleigh's? Yeah. Oh, did you feel like inviting her? I invited her, her back. She just gave me the middle finger. Did she? Yeah. yeah there you go. To oh, be well. fair. She's never really yeah. friendly. So, hey, here's what we know. We do food exceptionally well. We just need other people. Fill in the gaps. Fill okay. in the gaps of our day, and we'll be good to go. Yep. Speaking of mental health. <laughs> <laughs> Bad segue there, Kev. Deb, Bad segue. If an employee in this day and age, in 2022, soon to be 2023, comes to you and is very vulnerable and talks to you about their mental health, What should an employer, a boss, a manager do with that information? So this is kind of a weird, touchy thing. And I get it all the time where bosses say, you know, my or even sometimes in interviews, my employee or my would-be employee talked about their anxiety Mm. or shared like a mental health kind of issue with them. And it's like, I think we all go like, oh, what do I do now? Do I do I really want to know that? Well, there was an article I was reading and the statistics are something like this. Like globally, just the occurrence of COVID, like through 73 million people into diagnosable mental health issues. I mean, like real things. I mean, real types of depression. Mm -hmm. Okay. 53 million people reported like much higher, meaning that they sought help for it, right? Right. Much higher evidence of um, anxiety. So we know that we've just come out of an area where this stuff was boom, do you mean it happened? But I also think that the young people that are going into the workforce today are not that they're more inclined towards mental health issues. I don't believe that. They're more inclined to talk about it. And they're more aware of them. And they're more aware of them because as I'm just going to say in the United States, as a culture, we've begun talking about that stuff a lot. Yeah. It's everywhere. So a lot of times employees don't know what to, or employers don't know what to do when somebody says, I'm really, really anxious. It's affecting my work. Um, And it may or may not, they're not blaming work. They're just saying because of their level of anxiety, they're having trouble buckling down for work. And what do you do? So the first thing is you meet it with compassion. I mean, that's number one. You meet it with compassion. If you're part of a large company, then more than likely you have set protocols about this. And if you're managing people, you should know what they are. Got it. The other thing is you probably have set benefits for this and you should know what they are. And your job is to direct those people to that assistance, whatever that is. I mean, you can't, it, it is your job to, to say it, this is available. Let's get you to the right people and do it. Um, but your job also, I'm going to say on the work front, on the floor, if you will, like out where you all are, your job is to walk this really fine line. And the fine line 
is now you know something about that person. Mm-hmm. The fine line is to be compassionate and considerate, see if they need anything, and to be sensitive to it in a way that I'm just going to say like is human, but also in very large companies too, I'm sure protects the company as well as protecting you know, the employee. Makes sense. And so one of the things, let's go through a couple things I would never want anybody to do. Okay. So if you were to say to me- Learn what to do by learning what not to do. Right. So if you were to say to me something like, I'm really going through a personal situation. I'm having a lot of anxiety. I'm sorry this project is is, you know, late. Um, I need some extra time on it. I'm working with the therapist. This job is important to me. I'm doing my best I can right now, but I need some help. So we don't ask why. Why is none of our business. Oh, that's a good point. We don't say, well, do you want to tell me what's going on? A therapist asks that. Got it. We are not therapists. What does that creep into? Like weird liability thing or weird inappropriate questions? I think it's just inappropriate, liable at some point, because I think we do that amongst friends. I mean, we all play therapist a little bit with our friends, yep. right? But you literally cannot do it. Got it. Um, number Against one, the law. It, yeah, it's none of your business. And you don't have a license to be giving that kind of advice. Got it. Okay? So no, the why does not matter. And the why, if the why is brand new, or if the why is 30 years old, the why does not matter. Copy. Do not ask. Don't do it. What we care is what they need from us to get the job done, and can we accommodate it? Now, the ADA, the Association of Disabled... Or Americans Disability Act. Thank you, the American Disability Act. Why did I not know that? I don't know, but you went off on a I real off way, tangent with yeah, that one. Yeah, so they say that if somebody needs an accommodation, you are obliged to give it. Now, let me say this. An accommodation, a c- couple examples would be if... Um, I mean, a physical accommodation would be if I fell and broke my leg in such a way that I had to actually be in a wheelchair, Mm -hmm. that they would like make space for my wheelchair and for me to be able to continue to do my job, if at all possible. If it can be done with a wheelchair, that's what they would do. If it really couldn't be done, then that's another discussion, right? If I were to say, listen, I can get the job done. And if I can just, and I'm just going to call it like this, if five minutes an hour, I can just walk out the front door, really just take a breath of fresh air, kind of decompress for five minutes, and I can come back in. I can keep chucking along. I can do my work. Understand my space in this wacky world. That would be an accommodation, Got it. right? So whatever, if someone says, uh, you know, I work from nine to six, my therapist is only open from nine to five, you know, I really do need to make a weekly appointment. How can we do that? You would try to work that out with somebody. So you do, you are obliged to make accommodations if at all possible. There's some work where accommodations can't be made. It's either too physical or, or, and there isn't the other work, you know, in the business um, that can actually accommodate. Right. Right. So you have to try to work that out. Here's what you don't want. You also want to hold the boundary. So you're educating these people as well. So let's say somebody is going through a terrible divorce. That would be something commonplace that could cause some depression, that could cause some, we're going to call it hopefully temporary, do you know what I mean? Ruffles in the workplace Mm -hmm. if somebody's going through a terrible divorce. What we would want somebody to come in in the way, the proper way to tell us would be, I'm having some personal issues. 
My home is a bit of a disruption right now. I'm going to be late on that project. I just really am asking if I could have an extra two days. It'll be done. It'll be done right. Okay. That's a great way. You didn't tell me. Get out of my office. Okay. The other way that we don't want. So that's kind of like, you know, basically somebody is telling you, look, this is happening. Mm -hmm. Maybe they should mention, I mean, that's pretty tight the way I said it. Maybe they should mention like, as you know, I'm going through a divorce. We're having a difficult time, but no details. Right. And then go through it. The, the, the loose part is, oh my God, my life is hell. Mm-hmm. Like I'm going through a divorce. He showed up at the door. He, he knocked all night. Do you mean all that detail? We don't need that. Don't need it. We, you just have to tell us the thing that caused the problem. A little bit of stress. A little bit of stress. Now, Here's the thing. Everybody is going to say like, well, how does that differentiate from somebody just coming and telling you normal problems to make excuses for why things are the way they are, right? Yep. Well, the difference is one is being associated, I'm going to say with depression or anxiety or some of their mental health disorder. And the other one, somebody's just coming in and venting yeah. because they're upset about whatever the conditions of their life are, right? Yep. So if it is a mental health thing, we want to be really, really clear We want to stick to the questions about the impact of the challenges that they're currently having. Mm -hmm. And we want to assist them while we can, while avoiding questions that make us their therapist. Because here's what's going to happen. If you enter into those questions, you will become their therapist. And you don't have time for that either. And here's what's going to happen. The best of intentions, you're going to end up in a terrible situation when you try to cut them off. Because that's a door. I mean, just in in a friendly way, Mm -hmm. that's a door you probably should have never opened in the workplace. Roger that. So the biggest thing that we want to do is we want to support them. If we see that somebody's struggling, it's okay to go up and say, hey, are you doing okay? Hey, do you want to go outside and go for a 10-minute walk? Hey, is there anything you need? Again, not mention anything extra. Hopefully they're smart enough and well-equipped to tell us what's going on with them. If it's a smaller business that doesn't have benefits, which that's a lot of businesses in the United States today. If you don't have benefits, then you really should read up on like what you can do and how you can direct them. And that's where I would say it would be especially kind and I think accommodating if somebody said, I want you to know, I know in in my health insurance, I have 12 visits with a therapist. I really think for the next couple of months, I'm just going to need an hour off work. If it's my lunchtime, that's fine to go and do that because it's impacting my life. Do you know what I mean? Yep. And we try to help them and sort through that. But what we don't want to be is we don't want to encourage them to bring, I'm just going to say, unnecessary stuff that has nothing to do with that. And we don't want to be their therapist. We want to get them to the right source. Can I ask one question that everybody's yes. thinking right now? Mm-hmm. So we all want to believe that anybody who comes to anybody in charge with a declaration of mental health, mental mm-hmm. exhaustion, that mm-hmm. they are genuinely meaning it. Yep. But there are some people who may yep. take advantage For of the sure. situation. What do we say or do if somebody has a habitual mental health problem that doesn't seem to be getting any better and is clearly influencing work in a negative way? Well, I think that you probably get to do what you would do for any kind of health-related thing. Mm-hmm. And I just think like, you know, a doctor's note fixes a lot, right? I mean, and I know there are companies that don't move without asking for a doctor's note. I mean, if you call in sick, 
you need a doctor's note to come back, yeah. right? And so if that is in your um, human resources plan, then I would say that you do the same with that. I mean, we, you know, it's it's not our job to tell people what kind of treatment to get. Yeah. I would say if somebody isn't getting treatment, if it doesn't feel like it's getting better, if there isn't any sign that it's being worked on, I, I mean, I don't know. I think you would probably have to talk to an attorney but I think at some point it becomes a performance issue if things aren't getting better. I mean, certainly if somebody, you take dad, I mean, if dad had not owned his own business, dad would have worked most of the time he had cancer, Correct. right? But then there would have come a time where he wouldn't have been able to. And anybody in the world would have, you know, he would have had his vacation, his PTO. I mean, we people would have worked with him, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. To make sure that he was fine through that. And I think that it's the same thing with mental health. Hey, 2022, still coming out of a pandemic. Take care of your mental health. Just don't take advantage of this situation, especially a generous situation when an employer wants to embolden you to step forward to make sure that you're doing okay for the betterment of yourself and the company. Right. I agree. I mean, I agree. But I think you have to be prepared for these conversations. They are everywhere. They sure are. Gen Zers, millennials, they prioritize that stuff. So you should too. You want to hold on to the people who are capable and competent in their in their positions. And they're comfortable talking about it. They sure are. You know what we're comfortable talking about? What? Opinions that in no way affect us. Okay. And that's called it. Dear Debbie. All right. Number one. Dear Debbie, I recently went to an event hosted by a young woman I know. It was beautiful to see how many young professionals out there doing their thing, but it was also jarring. I've been somewhat isolated in my world, and I feel like life is passing me by. I'm at least 30 years older than most other women at this event. I looked around in awe to see a whole new crop of promising professionals, and it made me both happy and sad. I was happy to see the potential in them and frightened to realize how old I am and how disengaged I am from the pulse of things. I'm not trying to be young and hip, but I do want to stay in the flow of energy and creativity that I witnessed that evening. How can I do that? What, did you design that question for me, Kevin? No. Clear, I, I have make no if, ands, or buts that I steal these questions. I've never written, written, written. I've never written an authentic question and then posed it as something else in Dear Debbie. We're having trouble with our language today, both of us, our words. Well, I got a belly full of food. <laughs> and to be fair, you almost cried on this podcast. I know, so I like I, both of us are playing injured. Yeah. Okay. So... Um, first of all, I want to say that I do understand those feelings. Mm-hmm. I don't tip very often. I mean, I mostly, I have to say, delight in looking at young women coming up. And I mostly would love like, you know, like, heck, I'll mentor you. Let's spend some time together. I would love it. Yeah. Right. For the um, price of a coffee. For the price of a coffee. That's exactly right. And so most of me sees that part of it. Mm-hmm. I do think, and you know, you and I have talked about this, about you know how you can make yourself feel bad by spending too much time with a subject matter. Mm-hmm. I think if you spend too much time with like, if I sit and concentrate on like, Oh, I'm getting older. Yeah. Oh, my body aches. Oh, wrinkles. I mean, Oh, she has gray hair. Right. Yeah. I mean, I can go down a rabbit hole all day long sure. and not feel very good about myself right. or think that these young women are going to come take it all away from me. Right. Mm-hmm. I mostly don't think that though. I mean, well, the take it all away from because you. you have thirty years of professional experience. Right, that's on what them. I look at. I get. I guess what I look at is I'm confident in the experience that I have, yeah. and so I still feel like I have a lot to add. 
I also still think like, if it's not my expertise, I don't go there and I don't care and I don't feel bad about it. You know, I think what this woman needs to do is it sounds like a little bit, there was part of the question that you read. It sounded like a little bit that she was kind of taking herself to task for not being like in the game as much as she thought she should be. Right. Therein lies the problem. Totally like, agree. You know, there age are, has nothing to do yeah, with this. There are, I mean, women way younger than me that are just like, you know, I just don't do that with computers. And you're like, what? Yeah. Do you mean like, no, you're 35, what? Yeah, stop. Right. I mean, so if you're going to be in the workplace, you have to keep up with technology. If you're going to be in the workplace, you have to keep up if marketing is your thing with new marketing ideas, yep. right? I mean, I guess if you're in the cupcake business, just chocolate and vanilla aren't going to do it anymore, Correct. right? I mean, you've got to get really inventive and really innovate and do it differently. So I think as long as you're still in the game, and I mean, a present, relevant, 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 what is wrong with me? I don't know. If you start crying, people will forget. I know. A, a, be present and relevant then none of this feels like a thing. Yeah. Now, I did love it that she said she loved the creative spontaneity and all of that, yeah. um, that all of that brought. So I guess what I would say to her is take an inventory, figure out the places that you've, I'm going to say, kind of let yourself go professionally, Yep. right? Build your confidence, work with it, and then get involved with these kind of people because I think you'll feel great about yourself. Uh, I think there's it's twofold here. A, it does not take a lot to stay on top of something, right. whatever your profession is. And I think you're a, a great example of this. You are not like inhaling, consuming things to an unhealthy level. You are just, you always have your finger on the pulse of something. And if you learn something in a day or in a week or in a month, that's new to you, that's successful. Mm-hmm. You use it. And from that stems a thousand different new ways of thinking that you didn't have prior to it. That's what this is. Nobody's telling this woman, well, hey, you've been in one industry forever. Now go into something completely different and learn it and be passionate about it. No, all you got to do is read up on your industry. What are the new things? What's innovative? What are people who have made you know a killing in this industry saying and sharing? I mean, we live in a share economy now. Everybody is chomping at the bit to share even the newest, smallest widget that worked for them. You can be cutting edge by listening to a podcast, reading a magazine, watching TikTok or Instagram reels, right? There is so much content out there that people cannot plead ignorance. You have to literally stick your head in the sand to avoid a little nugget of uh, interest in your industry. And so I don't think this like I don't think this is a big to do. This isn't like some you don't need to overhaul who you are, your way of thinking. You just need to open your eyes to the energy of the youth and then seriously just download Instagram and you know find yeah. business topics and that stuff will spur you on more than any other, you know, in in person conversation that you have. I completely agree. I mean, I was thinking the other night we were watching a cooking show mm-hmm. and there were just um they were they were traveling through Europe or somewhere. And, uh, oh no, they were in, no, they weren't, they were in Philly, but they were eating at, um, Philly also known as the Europe of yeah, America. They were in Philly, but they were eating at a lot of ethnic restaurants. Yes. So there was, ing- there were ingredients we didn't know mm-hmm. and they would talk about them over and over and we were like, okay, what's that? Yep. Okay. What's that? And we were Googling them all, looking them up, seeing how they were used. 
I mean, I just have to say, Google makes it so easy, people. Totally. Like, if there's something, I was on the phone the other day and somebody was saying, um, they were talking, it was a medical practice. They were talking about, is it important for the patient to see the exact same doctor every single time? Because there is a premise, and I do believe this, that if you have a strong, solid team, I mean, an entire team, whether it's nurses, doctors, or whatever, it doesn't matter. They'll be happy with anybody on the team. But the truth is that the statistics say that if you see the same doctor every time, that you are happier and that you take less time. There you go. Those are huge things. But I Googled it. I literally Googled the question because I didn't know if it was true or not. Yeah. That woman has got to start getting out there yeah. and refresh herself. Get on Google, baby. Get on Google, baby. Dear Debbie, I work for a public university and my boss is the head of the division. When I was hired, my duties included supervising his executive assistant, but she was laid off in 2020. My title is not admin related. My problem stems from being assigned tasks that I understand were often asked of the admin assistant in years past, but which should no longer be required of the role in modern terms. These are things like ordering flowers for a colleague, sending a card or food on his behalf to a family, ordering and picking up food as his contribution to an office potluck. Even before his assistant was laid off, I was often asked to do these things. They are things he could ask his spouse for help with, if he really couldn't do it himself. Also, he is paying for these items with his own funds. They are not tied to the university. These duties were not mentioned in the job description. He is not asking any of his male employees for help in these areas. Am I overreacting or do I have a legitimate complaint? Well, I think she does have a legitimate complaint, but good luck, sister, on that one. I mean, I just think like, here's the problem, that when she said, she was kind of the overflow person mm-hmm. for the other person when he had that yeah. executive assistant, right? And obviously, when somebody is laid off that is beneath you, you're in charge of distributing that work. She was in charge of that person. What did she do with that work? Did she take that work and officially delegate it out to a group? Or did she just take most of it on? Because if she just took most of it on, she took that on too. And if he's been doing that, let's just say he's been doing that for 15 years, I don't think you're going to go to him and go, dude, have your wife do it. I mean, it doesn't quite work like that. Would be funny to see his response, though. It would be funny to see his response. I do think if she has authority over anybody else, she can just say, okay, like, I'm up to here with doing those things. Like, we're going to disperse them, meaning everybody's going to do them. Or as a group, we're going to go to him and say, We'd prefer not to do these tasks anymore. Yeah, you know, we find them demeaning. They weren't in any of our job descriptions, but and be and they're and sometimes those kind of things can truly be a time suck. I yeah. mean, they're bad. So I think that's your choice. But I think she took it on. I think she's been doing it for a while. And by doing that, by being agreeable, I'm going to say she kind of took ownership. So you don't think that she can go up to him and say, like, listen, I. Uh, I believed that I was helping Mm -hmm. in a pinch based on this idea that somebody was going to come into this role again. Mm -hmm. It has now been far longer than I had anticipated. I have male colleagues who are the exact same title as me within the hierarchy of this division. You default to me every time. Most of this is personal. Rarely any of it has anything to do with the actual university or our work. I either need you to 
hire somebody for this role Mm -hmm. or disperse this amongst everybody because I'm doing double duty and this is in no way in my job description. Well, sure. I think she could go say that and probably should, Mm -hmm. but she hasn't for a reason. Got it. I mean, listen, of course she should. And of course, if she has somebody other than him and she could, I mean, she could actually say, I don't want to do this stuff. These are all personal things for him. Yeah. You know, um, but in a university system, he's a tenured professor, whatever it is. I don't know what it is. Yeah. But I mean, I'm just saying she's she's standing on a weak ledge because she's done it. Got it. She should have done something with it right away. That's what I think. I'm just, I think I, like I, I feel like if she has equal titled counterparts. Well, she can. Who are males. For sure. None of them are gonna like advocate to come do any of this with you. But I do think as a woman, at least in 2022, you have a leg to stand on that feels like this feels like some serious gender role stuff and bias. I don't disagree with that. It's just whether or not she is willing to play that card. No, listen, I'm cheering for her to play that card for sure. Okay. But I want walk me through that. Mm -hmm. Because we're now going to think that this person, this guy is of a certain age, correct? Yep. He's of a certain age. So I walk in, you're the guy. And I go, hey, Mr. Zener. Um, What's up, toots? <laughs> exactly. Hey, Mr. Zener, I have a whole list of things here that somehow ended up on my desk when Susie left. They're not really, they don't really have anything to do with my job or the work I perform. Certainly, if these had been part of the original job description, which I'm well aware was years and years ago, um, I probably would have said, not those things, please. But I have a whole list of things here that I want to move off of my plate. And the only thing that I can think of is that I either move them onto your plate or that we get the other, my peers, to take part of them as well. Mm-hmm. Now, you, what are you going to say? What are they? I remember when Ronald Reagan was president. Okay, you're going to say, what are, what's the list? Sure. And I'm going to say, ordering flowers for your wife making dinner reservations for you and your wife and your friends, ordering gifts for anybody that you think needs a gift. Yeah. I'm going to go down that. Uh, here's here's why I can't play the guy. Cause I'm yeah. looking at that and I'm getting uncomfortable and it's not yeah. even me. Yeah. And I get even more uncomfortable that I delegated that to the lone woman in the group. I know. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. That, I get that. That's what I would play on. I guess my, my hope would be you say that if it registers or not, I don't know but that he then takes that information and either talks to colleagues or even to his wife and says, she says, I'm the only, I'm only delegating this to her, to which other people would say, well, is that true? Well, I could tell you his wife's going to go, I don't want that job. You do it. True. But I think the wife might say, Gerald, come on. <laughs> well, I didn't, hey. you would, she would, you, she would, I hope she would say like, I didn't even know that you were having one of your staff members do that. Why'd you default to the girl? Spread yeah. that out. Or just do it yourself, yeah. you old schmuck. Yeah. And yeah. So here, here's the problem. And I think I'm fairly plain women. And, you know, depending on the age, like I'm older, so I'm probably more intimidated by it for the things I've seen. Sure. Right. Yep. I'm saying let's send a millennial or a Gen Z in yeah. there for sure. Yeah. They could. Dad's I like, mean, and a bomb squad. They can do it for sure. But I mean, to go in and go, dude, this is not my job, you know, like, come on. But I do think that stuff's really hard. And I do think 
when somebody has had somebody that is an executive assistant, that those kind of things an executive assistant may or may not do. But if they've done them for years, then where do they go when the executive assistant leaves? The lesson, address this stuff up front and saying, this is temporary. I'm doing this for a month. And if after a month you haven't hired the position, you either have to spread this out or or I'm not doing it. Sooner is better, for sure. Dear Debbie, I moved into a house about three years ago. Late one evening, a male neighbor came over and cut my grass. Not expecting this, I gave him what little cash I had on hand, plus some refreshments. A few weeks later, I took a selection of holiday treats to his wife. Afterwards, the man began to come outside every time I worked in my yard. He'd sit and watch, walk to the end of the yard or driveway, and even get into the car for a better view. He never spoke or greeted me when we made eye contact which was weird and uncomfortable for me. I tried to ignore it until he approached one day when I was bent over with my back to the street. I turned and suddenly he was there without a word, so I yelped in surprise. He left so quickly that I didn't even actually see him leave. I was shaken and decided that it was time to have a discussion about his behavior. I changed clothes and went across the street to speak with him. I asked what he'd come over for. He said that he wanted to tell me that I was working too hard, cutting hedges with a clipper instead of a trimmer. I said that working in my yard doesn't bother me. I asked why he watches me so much and also mentioned that he doesn't speak when he does. He replied by saying that he is nosy, wants to see what I'm up to, and concluded with, I guess I could have waved or just minded my own business. I asked him to mind his own business and told him that he had been making me feel uncomfortable. Was I rude for doing that? I mean, that feels to me like that actually played out okay. I, I don't think that that really yeah, went you stood, wrong. You stood up for yourself. Yeah, yeah. The guy, the guy did something that you initially thought was generous. Yeah. Came over and mowed your lawn. You, re- but but what I want to say on that though, if somebody came over and mowed my lawn and I didn't the know them, well, no, 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 I'd let him mow. I would not have given them cash. That would I, but I would have given them a lovely thank you gift. Yeah. But the and cash a stern thing, warning with a gun in my belt. The cash, the cash thing was weird. Yeah. Uh, I would say this, you kind of adopted a stray is what it yep. looked like. Yeah. He, he did something that unbeknownst to you felt generous, but it was actually a control thing. Yep. And you kind of, without knowing it, gave him the green light to now survey your yep. own property yep. and kind of judge it and do it in a creepy way because he may just kind of be uncomfortable with normal human interactions. You addressed it. He was very honest saying, yeah, I'm pretty nosy and, yeah. and I just, I guess I could have waved or minded my own business, but I'm a weirdo. You then said, <laughs> stop you're it. being a weirdo, yeah. stop it and walked away. I, I, as far I, as I'm concerned, you actually did everything right. At, but minus Deb saying, give him the money. I think, I think everything worked out right there. Now, if that, but if that is part one, yeah, then. Oh, there's a follow-up. Dear Debbie, I'm murdered. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I mean, because I do feel like what she didn't do, which was, I mean, right, because that's part two, right? Yep. Is she didn't lay anything like, you're creeping me out, right. Jimmy. She didn't put anything Makes like that. Makes me feel uncomfortable. Makes me feel uncomfortable. Um, I do think like we know, we have known people like that, but they would have been much more outgoing. Yeah. They would have waved. They would have said hi. They would have said, hey, let me bring you this electric clipper for yeah. that hedge. I find that people who usually care that much about somebody else's yeah. home don't shy away from expressing that opinion. Yeah. The fact that he came over and worked, then never did any more work, yeah. but just glared is something out of a Hitchcock movie. Sitting in the car was pretty weird. Insane. Creepy for sure. I, yeah. I, 
if you are more rational than I would have been, yeah. I would have called the cops and been like, my neighbor is sitting in his car yeah. watching Watch, me bend mm-hmm. over, tending my garden. Yeah. I mean, and also, this is for nine straight days. She's a single woman. Yeah. I mean, that's the other part that's weird. I mean, the only other thing that I think she could have done as a safety precaution mm-hmm. is waited to go over when she saw both he and the wife outside. Yeah. Because I do think there's something about the wife knowing. Sure. I mean, from a woman's perspective, mm-hmm. even if the wife would have gotten mad at her, I think the wife would have gone no more. Oh, this is actually from Norway, and this guy's name is Bjorn. Interesting. <laughs> I forgot that part. Who knew? Yeah, I yeah. think I think as a woman, as a neighbor, you handled it to the best of yeah, your ability. I think that's a good one. The answer is no, there. Yeah, no uh, feathers should be yep. ruffled, and I think you set a hard line. And if he does it again, be like, "Do I need to include your wife in this?" Because yeah. this has officially now become uncomfortable yeah. for all parties or do involved. I, do I need to just call the police and just all of us have a conversation out here in front of the neighborhood? Yeah. Cause it, I'll do that too. And it turns yeah. out his wife is him in a wig, but you know, Ooh, uh, but you know, there are people that know that that is their house and know that that is their yard, but are consumed with the neighborhood of the street. Sure. I mean, it's just weird yeah. how like the boundary doesn't stop at their house. We watched yard. that in a movie. Called the Cranes. Christmas with the Cranes. Yeah. They were crazy people, it was by the, the way. The worst movie in Dan the world. Dan Aykroyd. Ugh, don't watch it. Ever. Yeah. Sorry to my girlfriend. All right, Deb. Food or thankful? Um, I'll do thankful. Do it. So, um, well, first of all, just thankful for a great Thanksgiving. True. Thankful for being together. Even if we were a little boring, oh well. Do so you know what I mean? It. So be it. So 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 thankful for that. But um five minutes, literally five minutes before we walked in here. Mm-hmm. I got a picture of our friend Liz in Florida. Mm-hmm. And it's a great picture, by the way, Liz, too. Holding up the book, pointing at it. Um, Mike Terrell's book. Detour Home. Detour Home. And so, cha-ching, one has been marked. It's one for official. One official. So, Liz, thanks for getting the ball rolling. We really appreciate you. We want to make a healthy donation to the... Indian St. Joe's, St. Joe's Indian, Indian school. school. Um, we want to make a healthy donation. So Liz was our first one. Thanks very much. I'm very grateful. Just a reminder, you can buy Detour Home by author Mike Terrell, T-Y-R-E-L-L, wherever books are sold. If you do that, take a photo of the book, take a photo of the receipt, DM it to us, text it to us, let us know that you do it, and we will donate $10 to St. Joe's Indian School. That is happening until January 4th, I believe. And... um. Remember that the reason we're doing this is because we behaved badly, and this is part of our self-imposed penance. That's correct. And we want St. Joe's to be happy and thrive. My thankful is uh, we we ended up setting up Christmas prior to Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. The best part about setting up Thanksgiving before the best part about setting up Christmas before Thanksgiving is that you do not have to set up Christmas after Thanksgiving. Right. So the fact that Thanksgiving was over, I was way too full. I was, again, burping and farting simultaneously. Stop it. But I didn't have to do any physical work to set anything up. Yeah. It was amazing. And just making that seamless transition from one holiday into the next, and now getting to enjoy all the Christmas festivities for well, really 29 days, but then we don't take our stuff down until after the first, really 36, 37 days. It's even better. It feels great. Yeah. I literally saw a friend on Instagram and it was, I don't know, a number of days before Thanksgiving. And I sent her a note because it was her house was decorated. Mm-hmm. And I said, oh my God, 
I mean, are we allowed this early? And she was like, go for it. Who cares? And so we did it. Yeah. I mean, we were excited. Yep. Get crazy. Get wild. Get yep. weird. Yep. All right, Deb, I know that we have a fridge full of food. Yep. But on the offshoot that we don't want leftovers, what's for dinner this week? Um, okay, so what we do have in the fridge is we've made a huge tri-tip. Mm-hmm. And we have leftover tri-tip that I need to use. That's true. So I'm going to make a beef stroganoff type thing. Oh, beef stroganoff. With the tri-tip, okay? Yummy. It's going to be yummy, but here's the thing, folks. And it's going to be low-cal and low-fat, <laughs> which I really like. Yeah. We serve it over a bed of rice. I want the white egg noodles. And low carb. But I haven't found any good gluten-free yeah. um, white egg noodles. So be prepared. It'll be served on a bed of rice. But that'll give us a little break from all of the um, turkey. Yeah. That'll be a nice break. Yeah. The cream and meat will be a nice break from the cream and meat. I do believe I said on Thanksgiving Day, I said, hey, uh, your girlfriend asked me about how do you make something. I said, listen, if you can't add cream and butter and fix it that way, mm-hmm. cream, butter, and a little salt, then there's no fix, right? She she was watching me make the mashed potatoes. And she's like, how much butter do you put in? And at that, that exact moment, I just unraveled an entire stick of butter yeah. and just went behind yeah. the mashed potatoes. I said, Pretty much as much as you want. Yeah. It turned out to be delicious mashed potatoes. And she did say several times, oh my God, these are the best. Yeah. I mean, cream and butter people. Mashed potatoes can take pretty much an infinite amount of butter, half and half and salt. It yeah. takes a ton to go too far with mashed potatoes. But Kevin has gone, I mean, I've seen you use sour cream. I've seen you use buttermilk. One time I think you used cream cheese. It mm-hmm. was delicious. Yeah. And I mean, he just, the thing is we don't do it you do it by hand. You mash it by hand. Yeah. You get it good. It is delicious. I'm Fantastic. telling you. Yep. And because we're talking about meat and cream, that's going to do it for this <laughs> Monday's episode of the Deb and Kev podcast. Remember to like, rate, and review wherever you listen to this podcast. And you can follow us on all of our social channels at Deb and Kev Pod. Mom, I love you to death. I love you, baby. We'll see you guys on Thursday. Thank you for listening to the Deb and Kev podcast. Remember to like and subscribe wherever you listen to this podcast. Follow Deb and Kev on Facebook and on Instagram and Twitter at Deb and Kev Pod.